the ending of the original Star Wars movie is very satisfying. So you have the rebel alliance against the evil empire, and the empire has built this massive ship that can destroy planets, the Death Star, and so the, um, the rebels decide to you know, make a raid and attack the Death Star. They're led by the young Jedi Luke Skywalker, his kind of friend, scoundrel, turned somewhat good guy, Han Solo. And, um, and so they're able to, uh, Luke is able to get past the defenses. He's flying his ship into the trench and he fires a photon torpedo into an exhaust port. And as they get away, the whole Death Star explodes, right? But that's not the final scene of the movie. The final scene of the movie is a huge ceremony in this massive hall where Princess Leia honors Luke and Han. She presents them with medals, and they turn and face the crowd who applaud and cheer. Maybe we think the Super Bowl is over when the final seconds tick on the clock and one team has more points than the other. But we know there's more that comes afterwards. There's a ceremony in which a trophy is presented to the victor. Oftentimes, they return to their homes where they're greeted by parades and a cheering crowd. As we celebrate the ascension of the Lord, we are reminded that the story of Jesus doesn't end with the resurrection. That the victory of Easter isn't complete until he ascends into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. This is a kind of enthronement or coronation of Jesus, which is why we sang in our psalm, a psalm that used to be used for the enthronement of the King of Israel. God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. So Jesus comes from the Father, he comes from heaven to earth, he accomplishes his mission, and then he returns to receive the glory that is, due, that is his due. First, the glory that he set aside in the incarnation when he humbles himself to take on our human nature. But in a sense, he returns to heaven with more glory than when he left because he returns with precious jewels, the wounds in his sides, his hand, his feet that show forth the perfect love of God for humankind. So it is with the ascension that the paschal mystery is complete that the Easter, Easter victory is complete. Humanity, redeemed, recreated, and glorified in Jesus Christ, is now given a place in heaven, indeed within the very life of the Trinity. And like every good movie, this one sets you up for a sequel. So Jesus is reigning from heaven, but then his followers, you and me, we still have work to do. We're supposed to share the victory of Christ to every person on earth. The culmination of the Paschal mystery coincides with the commissioning of the church. Did you hear your marching orders in the gospel? What did he say to us? He said, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Make disciples of them and baptize them. In Jesus' ascends, he promises that they will be receiving the Holy Spirit so that they can be his witnesses. Holy Spirit makes Jesus present to us. And it was necessary that Jesus leave us so that he might be with us in an even better way. Now, while Jesus was on earth, as human nature was confined, as our human natures are confined, 
to being in a particular place at a particular, particular time. He is within the space-time continuum, right? If you're here, you're not there. But when Jesus ascends into heaven, his full nature, human and divine, is able to be present anywhere and everywhere. And especially, though, through the church. Through the church and through her sacraments, through the word that she preaches, Christ remains present. This is described in our second reading uh, as extending across space and and time as the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. And because he is no longer present in visible form, this gives us a chance to mature, to grow in virtue, and to merit, to actually deserve a reward for the part we play in salvation history. So right now in professional basketball, there are playoffs. There are many amazing athletes, talented basketball players. Some of them are very good at what they say, creating their own shot. You know, they can dribble, they can get space and fake the other guy out and they have a great shot that they can make. And oftentimes those players get more of the attention. But I am of the opinion that the better players are the ones who make their whole team better. They distribute the ball, they have assists, they create opportunities for their teammates. If Jesus were still here, as he was 2,000 years ago, what do you think we'd be doing? We'd be just standing around and watching him. (laughs) And this is what happens in the narrative of the ascension. The angel admonishes the disciples, men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking up at the sky? He has to leave so that we can take on our great responsibility. God doesn't need our help, right? He doesn't need our help, but we need to help him. It's kind of like when you ask little children to help you with something around the house. Mothers, maybe you're cooking, and you ask them to cut, chop some vegetables or do something. And and really, especially in the beginning when they're little, you could do it faster than they could. They're not really saving you time, right? They're not doing it as well as you do it. But it's good that you have them do it because it helps them to learn and grow and develop virtue and also actually you grow in closeness to them. And so it is with us and God, how God gives us a share in his work of salvation. The ascension of Jesus into heaven gives us a glimpse of the kind of ending and the kind of reward we can expect for participating in the mission of Christ. As was beautifully stated in our second reading, the hope that belongs to his call, the riches of glory in his inheritance, and the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe.